Hi, it's Michelle Turner. Welcome to Movement 4.0, From Babies to Astronauts. This is Episode 17, Sports and Space. I wanted to take a moment to discuss with you about movement in outer space. I recently did a really nice review on, again, just watching a few astronauts perform sports in space. And I wanted to talk to you about it. And please, by all means, go look at some postings. NASA has them up. They're on YouTube of various uh, astronauts up in outer space playing sports. It looks so cool. Don't get me wrong. I would do it in a heartbeat. However, it's really good example of how movement can't continue in the space station, in colonizations of Mars, moons, or wherever else we're going. We really need to look at movement and what it's doing to our body in outer space and how to change the way we move versus it looking at, again, the expansion mode and muscle-based fatigue and atrophy. Whether you want to move on this planet or on others, Movement 4.0 from Babies to Astronauts offers you new and exciting insights on gravity, space, and all that happens in between. I'm Michelle Turner, creator of Movement Lesson. Many of you know me from my work with special children. From my clinic in Phoenix, Arizona, traveling and teaching around the world, I wanted to reach out to you with my new theories of gravity and felt a podcast would be a great way to do it. However, I also now have my book, You Can't Get to Mars Without Me. You can get it on Amazon, on Audible, and on my website, You Can't Do This Without Me. That will be the signed copy or anything else that you want in it getting ready for the gravity course and things that we need to start talking to you about. But in this one, I really want to look about sports and outer space. When we are at that level that we can start playing sports, and I'm talking about up to, let's say, high school, a paid player is someone that is able to perform various tasks because they are told to do so, not because it's natural or something intuitive. A high school player plays and they try to achieve, go on beyond, but without certain aspects of stamina, which is ease of movement, not more power, especially vision, acute vision, peripheral vision, um, organization of space. uh, These dynamics come into play when we start getting into professional players. When you're an astronaut, an astronaut is very knowledgeable about the human body, but they're very knowledgeable about how not to fail. I don't know if you saw Crazy Rich Asians. I love that movie. But one of the things she said that I was playing to win, he was playing not to lose. When you're going into outer space, everyone is playing not to lose, not to lose muscle mass, body function, space blindness, nerve endings, fingernails. There's so many things, balance, counterbalance that come into play. But we're not going out there with the attitude of how we're going to win at this game. So one of the things I'm trying to point out for is when we are moving in outer space, it's not functional. So again, functional to me means a movement that goes through all your organs, minor and major, versus just a linear representation, range of motion. Um, Sticking at your arm is not a functional movement. A functional movement is one that can initiate, stimulate, or create or accomplish a task at hand that has to do with our life support, meaning can I eat with that function? If I stick out my hand, I can't get dressed, I can't feed myself, I can't comb my hair. It's not a functional movement. It's a movement that I am capable of doing, but it's not functional. 
all the movements in outer space are movements they are capable of doing, but they're not functional. The second you take away the cognitive representation of the connection of the body with a lack of not having a functional movement, you now have immediate muscle atrophy. The muscles are not engaging because they're not needed for a functional movement. You might need a muscle. Let's say if I'm just lifting a weight, you might need that muscle. I agree. And this is where where people really have to take a step back to what they're used to. It's not that I'm contracting a muscle to, let's say, lift 15 pounds, right? What happens actually is when I approach the 15-pound weight, there are many system functions found in, let's say, my fascia, my tissues, my ligaments, including my muscles, engage now the response that I need to create a functional movement to lift that weight, I do not put in the same effort, let's say, to lift up a pen as I would a weight. Why? Because just those initiations of touch and stimuli through my system, I now gauge where I need to be to lift, play, or create a task at hand. But when we are originally learning how to move, that movement had to be functional. And how did that happen? First of all, it was through weight transfer. But it also wasn't a goal or a success. It was a movement that was created within our bodies. So when we're going into outer space, all those core movements are gone due to lack of opposition to gravity. So what we need to introduce is start introducing that opposition to gravity, first of all. Even if we're just teasing the brain a couple of hours a day, and it cannot be done with an outside force. There's no such thing as artificial gravity to the human body in response to creating a functional movement. Why? Because if I'm going against G-force, then not only am I not opposing gravity correctly because gravity then is is a pulling force where typically gravity is not on my body. You can joke around with that one, but plants don't fall down. They, They move to oppose gravity. This is all of biology. It's not just us. We are capable of falling down. We don't organize to fall down. When you're dealing with a movement now, playing sports in outer space, we are looking at these movements. One of the biggest things that is noted in outer space and talking about the opposing gravity, and we think of gravity just being on the floor, it's not, is the vision goes quite rapidly. One of the functional visions that goes is that peripheral vision. If the astronaut is anchored, they're able to have a minor force that can create an oppositional force within the eyes. But when they're not anchored, they actually have to move the bodies around to see. That movement is developed or stops being that kind of occurrence at about 10 and a half months old of a baby or of an infant. After that, you start getting independent eye movement from head into the peripherals. It also comes with the coming to sitting. There's milestones that start to occur, especially going from all fours into sitting and back into all fours, where the peripherals start getting very sophisticated, including upper and lower quadrants. So you go into the four corners. This is not apparent in outer space. And you'll see that they go to a very, very immature vision. This can be very difficult, especially if they do have a very good vision. Um, Some of these tests should have been really looked at. And and this is where it's hard to see what kind of tests they were done for like um, Colonel Chris Hatfield, where you're dealing with the expert pilot that has um, a natural ability for vision because they're, they're basically especially a fighter pilot needs to see 360 degrees and something that you and I aren't used to. And um, testing of where those peripheral levels are 
um, in and around space and after. But they also need to be enhanced prior to going off because the body needs to know more, not what it's going to experience in outer space, but what it needs not to experience in outer space. So that's another key of going into it. Like right now, the Artemis, they've already got them in the tanks. That's what to experience in outer space. That's not what to experience in outer space. We've got to get them out of the water because we're already ruining their bodies or breaking them down prior to space travel versus during and after. Yes, I get it that being in the pool will give me the motions that I'm looking for, especially with the float. Um, but the buoyancy rate is completely different than in a pool versus in outer space because the ability to... Um, go in all directions with the body, especially the pelvis in relationship to the head. You can't really do that in the pool. Can somewhat underwater, but even that you're you're attached to tanks and, and ventilation systems. It's not the same as the float and just having an external breath pattern. So those have to be looked at of how you're really visual exercises in a sense need to be done on a daily basis. These have to be done in coordination with facial movements and all of that because again you've got the head rush but part of the reason you have the head rush and what's going on with the spine because again you don't have any kind of oppositional force. This needs to be done very lightly with with uh, light therabands in outer space. It doesn't need to be done with mass muscle responses but it has to be done and coordinated with functional movement but also as has to be done with functional movement for that particular astronaut not just a general course of action. Another thing that can really happen in outer space is the vision can come off key with the spine and pelvis. When we're here if you've noticed especially when the baby's development the vision is countering all the time with the pelvis into the spine. The spine pelvis vision that triangle is really important with the setup with our cognitive availability. That is completely missing in outer space. The pelvis can be in any old direction, so can the spine and so can the vision. Even the head can be torqued off to the side and you won't see anybody with their head torqued off to the side unless they literally are heavy brain trauma. Um, they're impaired, drunk or, or with drugs where the, the, the spine or the brain is not recognizing the spine anymore in that force. I usually, if I find that, especially if a person just lying down and their head is, is off to the side a bit, I refer them off to neurology as, as soon as possible in, in hopes that they'll listen because it's just not a natural movement that's made in uh, on earth. And you can see it quite often in outer space, especially when astronauts are joking around flipping upside down which is great that they can do it, but they are really impairing the vestibular system um, in their system. And, and depending on, on what they're doing with it in outer space is how long the recovery rate is. And unfortunately, too, what they feel is balanced by blindfolding an astronaut and actually putting him in a stress-induced environment where falling is an option, not a preventative act and so forth. Um, doesn't help with their rehabilitation with that matter. Again, the spine is not counterposing the eyes, which normally it would um, when you're a baby. The spine goes same, same with the eyes, and then you'll start going into complex curvatures and complex uh, counteractions with the eyes into the spine, and that doesn't happen in outer space because the spine is also in a float. It doesn't have a counter. So setups with exercise equipment needs to do is actually bringing in these functional movements. Um, they can be done in repetitive, but more so that they're also like bringing in a track or a follow, something that's a bit more visually appealing. 
and then the pelvis. The pelvis is going in opposite directions. Now, everything that I'm talking about is when an astronaut's in a free float. When an astronaut is working or they need to do certain actions, especially when they need power. Now, this was what really throws off their system. When they are using or needing power and the fact that they hook onto something or grab onto something to do it, hmm, what that does cognitively, cognitively almost, it's sort of like when, you know, when, when someone, you think you have a lot of power and someone comes after you and you go running behind someone like, oh, don't let them get me. That's kind of what it's doing to someone's vestibular and cognitive system. The power that they feel they have because the action that they need to take for said power is so minuscule. Like when they throw a football from one end to the, the space station to the other, right? And they're saying, oh, I just threw a football 500 and something, 70,000 yards because it's also going with the speed of the space station. You know, it's it's a novel trick. But it doesn't matter if they're throwing a football or if they're throwing a Thor's hammer. They would use the same power, right? And so that starts throwing off the cognitive power, but also the pelvic power. The rate that the pelvis needs to, let's say, throw a ball is one thing, but to throw a softball, especially underarm, is less power than throwing a ball overarm. And then if you're a professional player and you can go 95 and higher, now we're talking power all through the pelvis. And so that conversations really start to deter in outer space and can be a lifelong issue coming back. But one of the things that happens in outer space is, let's say some astronauts don't play well with others when they get there. They get a space-based autism in a sense, but also when their power regulators are different, um, that also can come into the play psychologically into their their well-being. When someone feels they have more power, they have more confidence, Confidence is something we should all have, but at the same time, power and confidence and how it's used, not abused, is where it comes into play. And NASA, of all people, or astronauts, cosmonauts need the team player way more than they need an individual doing what he feels is the right thing to do. It's very important how they set up the teamwork up there, but at the same time, they should be doing exercises for each people based off that, each astronaut based off of their power points and power in through weight transfer, power and muscle-based, and power into synchronized movements uh, prior to going into outer space during their space travel when they come back. So it regulates their emotional well-being, I think, at a much different level. This could be used even on, on Army, Navy, and so forth. Because taking someone, putting them through boot camp, you're changing their power regulators and sending them out again, depending on their field of duty, changing their power regulators. Now you're expecting them just to go back to civilian life, even someone that's put in jail. These are things to look at the way that people are using their internal power regulators, which are systematic based within the human body. Go off to YouTube, find a good video, watching soccer skills in outer space. Cosmonauts are doing it great. See if you notice anything that I'm talking about. Join my Facebook group, Gravity and Movement. Get the book, You Can't Get to Mars Without Me. You can find me everywhere as Movement Lesson, movementlesson.com. You can find me everywhere as Movement Lesson, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, YouTube. I have the largest library of working with human body. And I want to get us off to space. I can't wait to talk to you more about it. See you in the next episode. Thanks.